Friday the 19th of March and welcome to The Breakfast Show. Uh, this is actually our 20th consecutive show and I'm delighted that it's brought to you today in conjunction with Miller Groundbreaking who very kindly sent me a new t-shirt to wear on the show as you can see there. Mind you, this is a bit like when your friends go on a tropical holiday without you and bring you back a t-shirt, as my mate and co-host uh, actually got to visit Miller last week. I'm just kidding. Uh, my dad's not too well at the moment, uh, as I've mentioned before, and so I'm still doing my level best to shield wherever I can. So I was more than happy for uh, Peter to visit Newcastle. And let's face it, the t-shirt is canny-like. Tell. I've never said that before in my life. Uh, unfortunately, today's show is going to be a pretty sad and summer one, um, but I've pushed that part towards the end of the show, partly so it doesn't bring you all down on what looks set to be a very nice sunny day, uh, but also because I'm not entirely sure quite what's going to come out at the end of the show, so um, if, if you're that way inclined, stick around. If you're not, then bail out early, um, because as I say, it's going to get pretty summer, I think. Before we get to all that, uh, let's see who, besides Cowarden Demolition, and more of that in a second, uh, is celebrating today. Uh, it's actually a big happy birthday to actor Bruce Willis, to actress Glenn Close, to producer and pariah Harvey Weinstein, and to lawman and all-round badass uh, Wyatt Earp. Um, so happy birthday to all of those except Harvey Weinstein, who can go do one, basically. Um, we'll be right back after this. If you enjoyed this show, please consider supporting us. Go to buymeacoffee.com forward slash demolition news. Now, I've written articles about it, shouted it from the rooftops, and um, generally laboured the point that we need to get more women in the industry. Um, so, very pleased to see um, that the good folks over at uh, Balfour Beatty are taking the matter every bit as seriously as we are. Uh, the company's just published uh, its 2020 gender pay, gender pay report, uh, which is apparently a, a statutory requirement these days for companies with over 250 employees. I didn't realise that, but that's, uh, that's good to see. Um, the report analyses the difference between the average pay of male and female employees across all roles and the percentage of male and female employees across Balfour Beatty's very, very broad business right here in the UK. Uh, as a direct result of the positive steps taken to increase the proportion of female hires across the business, the company has recently appointed its second female executive committee member. And it's also seen a significant rise in the number of female graduate and apprentice recruits, uh, with a figure now standing at 27%, which is up from uh, 22% in 2019. Now, given that women make up around about 11% of the wider construction industry, I think that's a notable achievement. So um, that's definitely to Balfour Beatty's credit. Uh, so hats off to them for that. There is a lot in this world that I don't understand. Um, racism, homophobia, why anyone would choose to be a Chelsea supporter. But there's one that I find exceptionally hard to fathom. And it's the resistance of some equipment operators to the very notion of operator aids and driver aids. In truth, I think the, the vast majority of right-minded operators rarely welcome anything that will make their working life just a little bit easier. But there are some that perceive any kind of driver assist system as an admittance of weakness or incompetence. So we, or more specifically I, decided to put that to the test. After all, we've got 137,000 plus followers over on Instagram, and if you can't call on their expertise from time to time, what is the point? So we ran a, a 24-hour poll uh, that ended up past five yesterday, actually. Um, and 
we wanted to see if our followers, the 137,000 plus, were willing, ready and able to embrace driver aids. Just under 8,000 people responded, which is remarkable in itself. And the result, I'm glad to say, was an overwhelming victory for Good Sense and for driver aids, with 71% of all respondents saying they favoured systems that make their life easier or more productive or, perhaps more importantly still, safer. Uh, that will be good news for a number of people, uh, a number of companies, not least Volvo Construction Equipment, which has just upgraded. Let me try that again. Just upgraded its Dig Assist suite of tools. According to the manufacturer, Dig Assist unlocks the excavator's full potential. Using um, the in-cab Volvo Copilot tablet, operators can quickly and independently manage all digging operations with ease, whether the task at hand is levelling sites, digging trenches, grading slopes, or creating site profiles. I've got to be honest, I'm not even sure why this is even a discussion point uh, anymore. You wouldn't go to buy a car and insist that the power steering, ABS braking, sat-nav and electric windows were removed because you're an experienced driver. Quite why some operators cling on to the notion that unaided machines mark them as elite operators. I just find that baffling, but hey, you know, each to their own horses for courses, that's what they say. Now, this time next week, uh, assuming that the um, Earth isn't hit by an asteroid or the planet falls to a zombie apocalypse, uh, the National Federation of Demolition Contractors will have a new president in the shape of William Crooks. Uh, while the battle for the position of second vice president is proving predictably divisive, uh, William Crooks appears to be widely respected and universally liked, as he certainly is here in, uh, in Demolition News Towers. Uh, his presidency really is fitting. Uh, it's a fitting reward for a man that's given past 15 odd years to the support of the Federation. And he won't have to wait to celebrate. Uh, we learned yesterday that thanks to marketing intelligence um, provider the Builders Conference, William Crook's company, Cawarden Demolition, has just been awarded the contract to clear the way for 259 new apartments as part of the ongoing Beckettwell Regeneration uh, Project in Cawarden's native Derby. Now, sticking with the subject of uh, William Crooks, uh, I'm delighted to announce that at 6pm on Monday, uh, we will premiere an exclusive video interview with the incoming NFDC president. Uh, we filmed it just over a week ago, uh, and I got to see uh, the final edit last night. And if I say so myself, it's very, very good. Well, William's bit is, my, I just sort of fill in the gaps, but William's bit's very good. Um, also very insightful, which bodes well, I think, for his, his presidency, uh, which, as I say, starts on Friday next week. Uh, we will unveil that film across YouTube, uh, Facebook and Instagram TV uh, simultaneously at 6pm on Monday. And it will also appear on demolitionnews.com at the same time. So be sure to tune in. Um, okay, so that's that's the fun part over and done with. Um, I said at the top of the show we we were going to get a bit sad and a bit sombre, um, and this one is is doubly hard, and I'll, I'll tell you why. Uh, the subject matter itself is is one that it's not easy to speak speak about, and in this instance. Um, where we stand today is it's, it's unconfirmed. I, I had I had one, then two, then eight or nine phone calls to let me know that um, a a demolition man, a well-known demolition man, um, had taken his own life. Um, I, I can't get hold of the family. I can't 
know, I don't want to get hold of the family, this is the truth, uh, but I can't get hold of any of his former colleagues or, or anything else to, to get it confirmed. But I've, I've had it from a lot of sources, um, 99% of which I, I would rely upon normally. Um, and I, I've also seen, I, I interviewed the man in question um, not so long ago, um, and his name and uh, his company name has been searched one hell of a lot in the last 24 hours on demolitionnews.com. So I, I do think the uh, the rumours, uh, the unconfirmed rumours are, are likely to be true. Um, I'm not going to dwell on, on that one individual um, purely because, as I say, it's, it's unconfirmed and, and, and until it's confirmed, I'm not going to name um, the man in question um, out of respect for him and for his family. Um, so I'm just going to talk around the, the subject itself. Um, it's interesting that the, the news came on, if you were here yesterday, you, you'll know that I mentioned um, a BBC documentary called Our Silent Emergency, hosted by uh, Roman Kemp. Uh, I watched it on BBC iPlayer and it was talking about male suicide. Uh, and I only mentioned it on the show yesterday. And then literally within a few hours, I, I heard of the uh, the passing of, of a, a well-known demolition man. <coughs> what, I thought, what I find surprising, and uh, I say surprising, and I, I'm every bit as guilty as everyone else. The combined construction and demolition industry here in the UK um, reports somewhere between 35 and 45 site deaths each year. And when those uh, figures are published by the Health and Safety Executive, we all get extremely agitated and excited and we stamp our feet and we, we shout and swear and call for change and everything else. At the same time that's going on, um, the same sector is seeing men, and it is mainly men, dying at a rate of more than one per day. So more than 365 men will take their own lives in the construction industry uh, in, in a, a given year. Um, and yet we get awfully animated about the fact that 35 people have died on site. Now, my guess is it, those suicides generally happen away from site, so it's not specifically a construction problem or a demolition problem, but these people work within demolition and within construction. So it is, it, it absolutely is. Um, and quite why we're not getting more excited and animated and taxed about it, I really don't understand. Um, I'll, I'll probably come back to that because, as you can probably tell right now, I'm completely off script um, and I'm making this up as I go along. Um, I've I've seen suicide up close, um, both physically and mentally, uh, twice. Um, the first time, uh, where I, I lived as a child, um, there was a field um, fairly close to, to where I lived. Uh, where me and my friends would go and play football and I guess I was about 11 or 12 years old and one of our mates came over and said would you like to see a dead body well being 11 or 12 at the time the answer obviously was yeah of course of course I want to see that um, and it, it turned out that a, a guy had um, basically laid down on the railway lines close to where we were playing and waited for a train to come along um, it was it was a suicide. It was proven to be a suicide. Um, 
I, I went back, you know, I, I, I saw the aftermath. Uh, bizarre the things you remember. Uh, I remember the fact that he was wearing like a tan coloured corduroy jacket that had like a big V of, of blood um, where the, the, the train had, had, had hit him. Um, and then I went back to playing football, which I guess is what you can do if you're 11 or 12 and you're invincible and stuff just is like water off a duck's back. Um, that left no, I, I'm not going to dwell on it, it left no lasting mental scars or anything like that. Um, and then 15 years ago, almost to the day, um, my former business partner um, also took his own life. Um, He, he was an odd character. Um, we, we worked together um, for we worked together for, for probably for four or five years on a magazine. Then he went freelance, and then he invited me to join him as a freelance as well, uh, which I did. Um, we worked in the same office for a while, and then we worked in separate offices. Um, and to give you an idea of, of what he was like, I, I would visit his office sometimes. Um, walk through the door and be met by you know a slap across the back and a, how you doing and here's a cup of coffee and did you see the football last night uh, and then on other occasions I would walk through the door say good morning to him and barely get a grunt in response um, he, he was a guy who whose mood did swing from high to low on a fairly regular basis um, and it was only after he had taken his own life that I think I realized and, and some of his family realized and some of his other work colleagues realized that his final low had probably gone on for longer than than previous lows um, and, and that was that was the outcome um, the guy in question had six children um, happily married um, and yeah just got himself I, I remember saying to um to his brother at the funeral that there must have been um a temporary or momentary mental health not a mental health issue um because you know i, I my my father has, has suffered from depression my entire life um and i'll come back to my own bits and pieces in a second <coughs> but while my, my former colleagues' moods were up and down and yeah, I guess he was he probably was a depressive. I think to, to make the decision to to end it all, to take your own life, requires you to go even further than just plain old depression, as if depression could be a plain old thing. Um, so yeah almost to the day 15 years ago and, and then here we are again um, why am I sharing this um, not sure really um, I, I think one of the things we, we, we've all said it we've, we've said it here I've said it on the podcast I've said it in print uh, it was said again on, on Roman Kemp's TV documentary earlier in the week this need to talk and, and you, you might notice um, 
I may live to regret this, but I, I'm actually scrolling my telephone number across the bottom of the screen there. Um, really is an open invitation. Um, if, if you're watching and if you're struggling, give me a call. Um, I'm not a mental health professional. I'm not an expert. Um, in, in fact, I'm not an expert at anything, really. Um, but if you want somebody not associated to talk to, give me a call. I, you know, as I said, I'm, I'm shielding at the moment um, and will be for a little bit longer, yeah, I would guess. Um, phone's always on, um, pretty much 24-7, as any, anybody will, will tell you. Uh, it's, it's always on, it's always in my pocket. Um, it's actually sat here right by my side as we speak, and it's even switched on today, uh, which is not, not usual for a broadcast. And I think part of the reason I'm, I'm sharing that, um, I've, I've made no secret of the fact that um, I've had a couple of periods um, in probably about the last 10 years <coughs> where I've had fairly prolonged periods um, swallowing happy pills like they're going out of fashion. Um, and I, I think one of the one of the things I found hard, I found it hard and I also found it hard to explain is the fact that um, I'm happily married, um, I'm with the woman that I met when she was 16 and I was 18. Um, happily married for th for 30 odd years um my wife is not just my wife she's my best mate um immensely supportive in everything i do even when it's stupid things she's immensely supportive um but when i've felt at my lowest ebb she was probably the last person that i could turn to um i can't speak for everybody but i i kind of shut myself off um shut myself away didn't want to talk to anyone and it becomes that acute, I guess, that you can find yourself actually, or I can find myself at least, um, find myself feeling incredibly lonely, even if you're in a crowd. Um, before I, I sort of helped the first time around, um, before I went to see a doctor, um, the, the bit, the, the, the thing that if it, it basically pushed me over the edge and made me realise um, that I probably needed to speak to somebody was um, I was going to an Institute of Demolition Engineers uh, luncheon or event somewhere in um, in London, and I've got a lot of mates in the IDE. I have a huge amount of respect for, for the Institute of Demolition, Demolition Engineers. As I say, um, some of my, my my closest industry friends are key members of the IDE. So I was looking forward to it. Um, I've got myself suited and booted because if you spend any time hanging around with uh, with John Woodward at CMD Consultancy, you know, unless you're wearing a, a, a pretty smart suit and a decent pair of shoes, you're going to come in second place. So um, yeah, I was I was thoroughly suited and booted. Um, arrived probably 10 minutes early, which I, I am inclined to do. Got to the front door uh, and then decided I couldn't go in, couldn't face it. Um, there was going to be a room of hundreds of my associates and, and a good number of friends and I couldn't walk through the door, um, which to this day baffles me to be honest. Um, but no, I just turned around, jumped on the train and came back home again. And that, I guess, is what um, mental health issues and depression and the like feel like. So 
looking back at, at my colleague who took his own life, as I say, he was happily married, but he chose not to um, share his, his plans with his wife until it was too late. Um, the guy that I, I'm alluding to, but not naming, uh, in the demolition industry, it would appear that he's done exactly the same thing. Um, as I say, I'm, I'm not going to name him. Um, and he did have a bit of a reputation for being a bit of a grumpy sod. Um, but I always thought it was a, a, a grumpy sod in the same way that the comedian Jack D is a grumpy sod. That it was it was overlying. It was it was kind of an act. It was a front and a facade. In actual fact, you know, he, he was doing it as much for effect as as actual. You know, being miserable. Um, I, I, you know, I, I will now never know whether that was that was the case. Um, what I, I find troubling about this one is um, the last couple of times I spoke to him, um, we spent a lot of time talking about uh, his daughter and a lot of the decisions that he had made uh, recently had had revolved around his daughter. Um, so quite why he has decided to um, assuming he has as I say it's, it's unconfirmed as, as I'm speaking quite why he's decided that um, it was he, his daughter would be better off without him around um, I, I honestly don't understand that at all um, not really sure what I can add to that really um, as I say there are some great charities out there. Um, uh, Mates in Mind um, are specifically dedicated to um, the construction industry and mental health issues in the construction industry. They do a great job and that's why we give them a free advert in every issue of the, uh, the Demolition Magazine. Um, there's a, a, a podcast um, called Mind Your Head, which I think is a great name for a podcast that deals with... Um, mental health issues in construction. It's well worth giving that a listen um, if you are struggling. Um, but also pick up the phone, not just to me, pick up, pick up the phone um, and speak to a friend or um, someone you trust, or even somebody that you, you don't know. Just talk it through. One of the things that came out of the, uh, the documentary with Roman Kemp the other night was um, asking, are you okay, twice. And I've actually had this done to me, uh, and you'd be surprised just how effective it is. Um, and I'll, I'll, I'll make no bones about it, the person who did it to me was uh, Duncan Riddell, um, former IDE president. Um, I'd been fairly upfront about the fact that I'd had a few issues of my own. Um, and it was a good six months, possibly even longer, before I saw, I saw Duncan at, a, I think it was probably an, an NDTG event. Um, and we cooked up afterwards and as we always do as as everyone in this industry does hi how are you doing and I said fine and he said no how are you doing and and there was something in the, the, the tone of his voice and the fact that he'd hung on to the handshake back when those were things uh, he'd hung on to the handshake a little bit longer and he was he was looking me directly in the eye like Go on, it's, it's your turn now. And I, I, it, it actually gave me the freedom to say, yeah, not great, not great. And we, we had a long chat. 
we had a long chat and uh, don't get me wrong I, uh, I've, I've had two um, spells on um, medication for um, mental health and depression but never once as the, the notion of um, suicide or anything like that even entered my head um, I just go into a bit of a dark place and stay there for a little while until I get fed up with my own company and, and then I emerge at the other end with some happy pills that may may or may not have contributed. I, I honestly don't know to this day whether they actually work. They may well be some sort of placebo or something like that. Um, but I, I go in one end and, and the two times that I've done it I've come out the other end um, and there is still a stash of those pills here somewhere but I've not been on them for a, a couple of years. Um, and not been tempted either, so um, I, I guess I, I must have come out the other end, at least for now. Um, I guess, like you always hear, you know, recovering alcoholics and recovering drug addicts say, you, you're never, you're never not a depressive person. Um, but it comes and goes. Um, so long as I, I, I look for the signs, and I know what the signs are, and I can see them coming a mile off now. Um, I've been there twice and I can spot it very, very early. And I, I do actually have the good sense now to, to reach out and to say, yeah, not, not doing so great right now. Um, and, and that seems to do the job. Um, I am rambling now. Um, but please do, please do reach out. Um, reach out if you're struggling yourself and if you're working alongside somebody that you think might be ask them ask them if they're okay and, and don't ask them once ask them twice and if if you're not asked, satisfied with the answer you get after twice maybe go for a third time as well um we, we always dwell on this notion that that men aren't particularly good at sharing their feelings and, and seeking help and that kind of thing um <laughs> a weird analogy to draw but it, I think to a degree it's it's like that old legend about the vampire vampire can't come in until you invite them and I think we are like that I think men are like that I don't think I would ever go to another man or I, I don't think I would ever go to another person and say help I'm, I'm struggling at the moment um, but if somebody said are you okay that's given me permission so give people permission um, in this industry, even in the middle of COVID, we are working very, very closely with each other um, in, in large parts of, of demolition and, and bits of construction. Um, we, we rely upon our colleagues for our safety and our well-being in a physical sense. Um, we should also use that, that support network for the mental sense as well. Um, just going to check. Hang on a sec. No, it's okay. My my phone was. Uh, my phone has been ringing. Um, yeah, my phone has been ringing, but thankfully not related to this. I say thankfully, but I, I would welcome it. Um, but I'm going to call it a day now. Um, that this show will go up on YouTube. Um, my, I mean, my telephone number is on the Demolition News website anyway, so uh, it, it's no great trade secret. Um, but it will be on uh, YouTube on in, in permanent record. Um, so even if you're feeling crap next week, next month, next year, um, give me a ring. 
uh, if there's anything I can do. Um, as I say, not not a mental health expert, not a mental health advisor, not a mental health practitioner, um, but I do have a fully functioning set of ears. Um, one of the few bits of my body that still still work much the same as they did when I was younger. Um, so yeah, I've got a working uh, set of ears, and I'm, I'm more than happy to uh, to listen to to anything you've got to say. Um, I'm going to close in a second. Um, I'm, I, this is the hard bit, as I say, without naming the guy in question. Um, it's it's hard to say much more, but if his family ever get to see this, uh, and I'm not entirely sure I want them to, but if they do, um, I'm I'm so so desperately sorry. Um, as I say, he, he had a reputation for being a grumpy sod, but um, I liked him. I liked him a lot. Um, he made me he made me laugh a lot, um, often by being miserable. Um, uh, and yeah, I, I think we're all that bit poorer for for him not being here anymore. Um, so to his family, I'm I'm so desperately sorry. Uh, I'm going to call a, a halt there. Um, Speak to your friends. Um, I, I always finish these these shows with um, stay safe, and and I'm going to do that again. But but I don't mean just physically. Um, obviously, these shows started um, with the original version of this show started with the outbreak of COVID, um, and the call was always stay safe, look after yourself, your family, and your friends. And I meant that from a physical um, standpoint. You know, wear your mask, keep your distance. And obviously, within demolition and construction, safety is a paramount concern anyway. Um, but today, particularly, look after yourselves and look after your, your colleagues um, from a mental standpoint as well. Um, ask the question, speak to each other, and if you do need help, speak to them, speak to me, speak to someone. Um, when this goes out on YouTube, uh, I will, <coughs> oh, excuse me, I will post a link to. Um, Mates in, the Mates in Mind charity and to the uh, Mind Your Head podcast as well in the hope that, that somebody might switch over to those rather than doing something um, that we would all um, and their, their family and friends in particular would regret um, that will do us for now I think um, I will be back here again on Monday 10am um, the show actually comes of age next week it'll be our 21st show so um be here at, at 10 o'clock on Monday morning. Um, hopefully can bring you a little more um, good fun and cheer next week. Um, but until then, have a great weekend. Look after yourselves, look after your family, your friends and your colleagues, mentally and physically. And I'll see you all very, very soon. Thanks for watching. Uh, right, okay, I'm going to cut this bit off as well. Um, Good morning, Ken. I think I've probably missed you. It looks like you're going back to work. And thank you for the compliments on the T-shirt. Um, I agree. It is a very nice T-shirt. And I'm wearing it with pride today. Um, good morning, Nick. Um, and good morning, Peter. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. Um, particularly, I won't dwell on, on the circumstances surrounding, surrounding my own um, colleague, but he'd got himself into a bit of a mindset which if he'd have stuck around for another three months um, was dealt with anyway uh, to 
just crazy, crazy, and you know, I, I regret it to this day, and I'm, you know, I'm sure he's, well, I know his family do. Um, so yeah, um, and that, that I think he's going to be my my closing remark of the day. Um, that's what we need to be. Um, I'll make no bones about it. In fact, I, I normally cut this bit off the end of the show, but sorry, I'm not going to this time. <clears throat> um, when the industry went into lockdown, when uh, we all came back from Con Expo, um, it would have been very, very easy for me to go into um, into my dark place. Um, <laughs> what we think they call it. Uh, it would have been very easy for me to to succumb. You know, I was isolated, couldn't do my normal job. Obviously, there were concerns about how I was going to earn an income um, without being able to go out on site. Um, the printers uh, that were uh, printing the magazine uh, had gone into lockdown. I then had my parting of the ways with the people that were selling advertising. It would have been very, very easy for me to um, slip back into my depressive state. Uh, and I didn't. Uh, I didn't because I threw myself into a lot of things. But I did it at least as much, and I think primarily because um, Nick Drew and Peter Haddock were were there egging. We were egging each other on. You know, I, Peter always claims that I, I prompted prompted him to doing podcasting. I don't believe that's the case because the man can talk for England, and it was only a matter of time before he discovered that himself. Um, Nick. Nick largely owns um, social media in the construction world. He would have been doing that with or without my support. Um, but the, the support of those two guys, you know, we've, we've got our own WhatsApp group. Obviously, we formed the Construction Collective um, as a result of our, our working so closely together. That kept me going. Um, I, I could have gone the other way. I could have just cut myself off and, and tuck myself away. And I didn't, and I didn't because I had two mates that were egging me on and, and bigging me up and, and generally giving me a somewhere between a clip around the ear and a clap on the back. Um, and I really appreciate that, guys. I, I, I don't get to see you anywhere near, well, not face-to-face, I don't get to see you anywhere near off as often as I would like. Um, hopefully that will be not be the case for much longer. Um, but it's easier probably to say it to a camera because I am a bloke and, and I'm not good at doing these sort of things. So... Uh, to everyone that watches, uh, thanks for watching, thanks for tuning in, and thanks for the support. Um, thanks for sharing it and all these sort of things. But thanks in particular uh, to my friends, and that's what they are to my friends, Peter uh, Haddock and Nick Drew, uh, for being there and for dragging me, kicking and screaming through a pretty shitty year um, i really appreciate it guys that'll do me for today uh, before i get all slushy um i will be back here again uh, on monday and as i say don't forget tune in on, at six o'clock on uh, monday night because we have got the, the premiere of the uh, video exclusive with the incoming nfdc president william crooks until then stay safe everyone and i'll see you again very very soon all the best Bye bye